Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is another episode of the Early Birds podcast. It is 6.14 a.m. And today we have a special guest, a, a longtime friend, an acquaintance of mine, somebody near and dear to my heart that taught me a lot. Kyle Gerardo, welcome to the show, sir. How are you today? Hey, what's going on, John? Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Thank you for coming on. So I know it's super early and I know you guys see beers here, but there's a reason for it. So Kyle, if you can introduce yourself, let the audience know who you are, what you do. Yeah, so Kyle Gerada, I'm the owner of Dog and Pony Show Brewing, and uh, you know we're going to introduce introduce a new technique today where you uh, pound a beer before you get on the phone. So. <laughs> it's constantly right before you go into sales. That's it. So uh, where I met Kyle, guys, was uh, many years ago, back at when I used to work at Rocky Mortgage, and Kyle was the person that was uh, tasked with keeping me at bay. So for those that don't know me, um, when I came out the gates, I was a bit of a firecracker. And I needed a little bit of reining back, somebody that can really kind of be a heat shield for me, protect me, teach me the ropes. And this guy was tasked with it. I, I was hoping if you can kind of walk us through that whole situation when you and I first uh, met each other, then I'll kind of go into all the different stories you and I went through. Yeah, credit uh, leadership at that time to say, let's take a, a guy that is really just double your age. It didn't have anything to do with maturity. And he could tell you all the mistakes he made, and then you won't make the same mistakes. So, uh, But in, on a serious note, we... You know, we, we were sat next to each other. We, we probably complimented each other, too, way more than we thought because you had great energy, always on the phone, always ready to go. Uh, I'm a super competitive guy, so, of course, I can't let the young guy beat me. Um, so it was just a matter of, you know, you getting to learn from me and me getting to learn from you, honestly. So uh, a great I, – God, I thought – I, I want to say we sat by each other for – a good at least six months, yeah. seven months, right? Quite so, some time. Yeah, so it was a great time, obviously, and those are the, the funnest times because we're in the trenches together, kind of learning, grinding it out. But but more importantly, um, that's definitely where we became friends and got to start talking more and hanging out. So I, I agree, and I got to learn so much more about your journey and what you wanted out of life. And I'll never forget, man, even when we sat next to each other many years ago, you said, John, my dream one day is to open up a brewery with my friends. Sure. I just want to live my life out, but I got to do all the right things first. Yep. And it's crazy because you came from that environment of sales and you're living out your dream because of the actions and the discipline that you had. And so I really want to talk to our audience about what it takes to put yourself in a position to live out your dream. Sure. Where did that even start? You wanting to open up a brewery, like going from sales, doing mortgages, to going, yeah, you know what? I want to do a brewery. Yep. That's... Um and before that, what's funny is I was a teacher, right? So that's a perfect line. It's <laughs> yep. just like they draw it up. You go from teaching to sales to opening a brewery. Um, I think, you know, if, if I'm looking at it in that path, I think the biggest thing is I've always enjoyed the aspect of craft beer specifically because um, alcohol obviously can tend to be a uniter. But craft beer to me was unique in this sense in that it's – I don't want to say it's controversial. It's not, but it's, it's some people don't know that they what they like and what they don't mm -hmm. like on the craft beer side. A lot of people just say I don't like beer. Yep. And so what I loved about craft beer, it's it it wasn't just like opening a Miller Lite or Bud Light. You're opening uh, something that's completely different, uh, has a ton of flavor to it, is made by someone that that, that has learned a a craft that is hundreds of years old. And I just found it as a uniter, and I like that. I like it's a. a good a smaller version of what goes on today where i think we're, we're closer together than we are farther apart and by the time you're done talking you find out that somebody really likes something that they didn't think they liked <laughs> and that's why i love craft beer at the most basic level now you know i think the other side of that was at the time um my brother had started a job brewing mm -hmm. and i just thought it would be a great way to 
do something with my brothers. You know, I had a reoccurring dream of like waking up in the morning, coming into the brewery, having the pot of coffee ready to go, like pouring some coffee, looking at the calendar and saying, all right, what do we get to brew today? What are we going to do today? Um, so at the simplest level, it started there. And then I think it just went from you're running this, you know, this industry is an incredible industry for a multitude of reasons. It teaches you how to focus on goals. It teaches you how to be motivated. It teaches you to get, you know, one thing about commission sales, right? You're only as good as your last check. Yeah. So that I, I love that. And, and I think that's, you don't know until you've had that pressure of, you know, you have to hit this number to get to a certain point to do a certain thing because of the goal you have. So I love that aspect of it. And that really does go over into like being self-employed, having your own business, building something from the very start and then having it turn into something bigger. You know, it's that process you've been talking about and it's that journey and it's it's crazy, you know, because you talk about teaching first, yeah. right? And then you went into that commission sales route and then you went into the, the craft beer, right? A position where you're at today with the brewery. Sure. But the one thing that you said to me that reminds me of you just haven't broken that old habit of that teaching habit. You said you love when you can look at somebody and say, wow, Look at this beer that you said you don't like beer, yeah. and now look at you. You're going, oh, I enjoy this, and there's that uniter feeling. Yeah. You've always been like that, honest to God, from the bottom of my heart, even with me. You were always welcoming to me. Sure. You let me in right away. Yep. You never – I mean, anybody that talked to you, not just me. For those that don't know him, this is, a, this is a good human being. This is somebody that cares about people. He loves what he does. He loves everybody that he's around, and you were always so good at being present. In the moment. And the reason I want to ask you this question is because there's so many people nowadays from, you know, 16, 17 year olds with social media. It's about that quick fix, that instant gratification that, hey, you can get to your dream right away. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. And I'm just here to tell you guys that's bullshit. It just is. You know, like at the end of the day, am I doing what I love? Yes. Is this my dream? No, I'm not there yet. Right. I'm not there, but I'm getting there. And I know it's a process to get me there. And it's been hard for me because sure. I'm an impatient person. Sure. What do you say to those impatient people about that journey and you being disciplined and setting the structure and saving that money and putting aside money and making sure everybody's on the same page before you moved on into the dream, which is what you're living today? Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's such a funny thing you say, because when you say you're impatient, I, I would not characterize you that way. I would characterize <laughs> you. you as energized. So I think those two are closer than people think. People that are impatient all, also probably typically have high energy. So it's not that it's 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 easy to maybe get bored or say, come on, like, let's make progress, because that's what you want to see. Ultimately, mm -hmm. people that are impatient are saying, like, I want progress. And of course, today's society like encourages that to the max. Um, but I think it's about, you know, uh, you have to piece together these goals. You have to be able to zoom in and zoom out. So on the tough days, you have to be able to, to pull yourself out and say, you know, I'm grinding this, whatever it is I'm doing. It doesn't have to be mortgage specific or build, it, it could be building a business. It could be any of these things. You're doing this every day for a bigger goal and a greater purpose. I think you have to look down the road when it's tough. And then when it's going good and, and things are moving, you zoom in and you start to say, boy, there's some things. Maybe I didn't really have them on the list, but I can accomplish a few things here. If I really push this next day, this next week, I'm going to hit a number I haven't hit because I think it's one thing to say, like, I want to lead the league in home runs. But really what happens is long-term, you, you probably have a, a bigger goal of like, I want to be a great hitter or I want to learn how to hit for power. And all of a sudden, one day you go, boy, I have a chance to lead the league in home runs. <laughs> yep. So I, I think it's that being able to take that energy, 
channel it from zooming in and zooming out, and it'll help curve what you would call impatience, but I just call energy. I, I, I love that. Thank you for that. Oh, yeah. Like I told you guys, always kind. I still think I'm impatient, but I, I always appreciate you for that. And, you know, you talked about just taking that time, and I think a lot of it has to do with being in the right mental space. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, when I, I mentor a lot of people, and a lot of people I mentor right now are early 20s, uh, which I was there not, not long ago, it feels like, right, uh, across the board being 31 now. But when I'm talking to them, what I find is they get in their head so often when something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's so hard for them to pull out of that. And all they think about is like, man, I I dropped the ball. I failed. I'm not going to get what I wanted to. I didn't make the money I wanted to make. And I'm like, God, in in the grand scheme of things, like this is such a small part. If you let this bring you down, life is going to be so difficult. But I'm not going to blame it on anybody, right? But I do think that the social media influences and and what happens when you see these kids that that they do catch a break, right? And God bless them, right? These kids that catch breaks, please keep doing your thing. I'm so proud of you. I'm happy for you. Those that are making that money but caught that break streaming, making, you know, millions of dollars, it doesn't happen for everybody. So along your journey, has there been times where you've gotten in your head and your mindset's been kind of weak? And then how do you pull yourself out? What would you say to somebody? Yeah, I think as you're going through any process and working towards any goal, you're going to have the ups and downs of it. Um, I, I'm sure you remember I'm a quote guy. I, I like different quotes, and I think of one specifically that says, you know, if you're staring too far at the mountain ahead of you, you'll trip on the molehill in front of you. Um, so I, again, zooming in, zooming out, we'll kind of stay with that theme is important. And I think for me, I I can remember specifically during the construction of the brewery, um, you know, you are close now. I've, I've left rocket. I was working with Zenith, which was a company owned by Mm -hmm. uh, the family of companies that transitioned to that to give myself a little more time and flexibility. We're, we're doing construction. Uh, I've written a very large, the largest check I've ever stroked in my life. (laughs) Um, and all of a sudden construction is stopped and halted because of COVID. COVID, And I think, um, now this is a hard one for me because it's things you can't control. And I think we're all of the mindset that we can control most things (laughs) that happen to us, especially in this room. And so I had to take a step back and say, what can I do with this time to take this energy, which I would call impatience and focus it. And so I went back through my business plan. You know, I said, there are obviously parts I could do better. It'd just be like, you know, you ever finish a project in school and you turn it into your teacher or you give the presentation and then they give you feedback and they're like, well, there, here's the areas you can improve. And you're like, what? You're like, hold on, that, that is improved. Like <laughs> you missed it because this was so good. This yeah. doesn't need to be improved. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you know, that maturity, I was lucky enough to say we need to just review some things. And we did some things specifically to the, to the business that would help us long-term to say, maybe we can survive through more environments. You know, in this world, it would be, it's like when you're searching for a home and you put a bin on a home and you don't get it. Well, guess what? You don't realize what's happening in the time you have to wait to bid on the next home is you're saving more money. So maybe it gives you a chance to get something you didn't expect. And I guess that's the way I looked at it. So I definitely became impatient. Uh, I was frustrated with the process and what was going on. I was frustrated after during construction when additional costs would come into play. All those things kind of catch you off guard, but I think you... You take that information, you put it into what you have, you reassess, and then you move forward, right? So it, it's it's interesting to have a plan, but you have to know it's very rare it'll go exactly like you planned. And, and that you know, and that's the part I hope you guys really latch onto is he's giving you this extra knowledge, whether you do a brewery or not, right? It's just you as an entrepreneur, just being prepared 
for for the uncontrollable, I guess, is, is the really big thing. And that's, sure. that's something I've run into a lot, you know, running uh, next door lending and being part of that for that family. It's so different when you're the one behind the scenes having to deal with all the minutia, yeah. the stuff that people don't see, the hard stuff, that grind. You know, people think it's just glitz and glamour, like, oh, you own a brewery? That must be so sick. You must have the best time ever. It's like, yep. okay, I, I might, but you have no idea the right. heartache it took to get there. Right. Um, and, you know, one, one of the things I want to touch base on uh, with you is you were talking about the quotes and the mindset. And it helps tremendously for those that don't have these mantras. And I'll, I'll give you one that I heard recently kind of reminds you of you changing your mindset and calling it energy, right? You call it about that energized focus and putting yep. it somewhere else. Yep. You know, I, I heard a quote from Jim Rohn. So I hate the winners. All right. I, I lived here my whole life. I lived in Los Angeles, lived in Las Vegas, loved it. It was beautiful. Then I came back here for the business, obviously, and the winters hurt me. So I was, I was sitting there listening uh, to a quote. From Jim Rohn, I always listen to a lot of these podcasts and audible books that he has. Of course. Um, well, he passed away, started on his podcast, audible books. But he says, stop asking for lighter winters, winters and start asking for a stronger mindset. Yeah. And, man, when I heard that, it was perfect because I'm outside, you know, about to go into this 32-degree weather. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, why don't I look at my mind like that? Why don't I look at the winter like that to try to change it? Yeah. Now, when it gets 20 degrees, it is a little tough for those of you out there to have that mindset. Sure. But, but just speak a little bit more towards the mindset of the glitz and glamour and people trying to, like, say to you, oh, Kyle, it must be so great. It must be so nice. What would you tell them about the journey? I think, you know, the first thing is you, you have to understand – uh, you, you don't want instant gratification moments. You you have to love that. You have to love the grind and the daily getting up and putting in the work and doing all these hard things in order to get to where you want to get to. If you just focus on that destination when you get there, you're going to be let down, I think. And I think if you take the time to appreciate the things that happen, I mean, there are, uh, you, you can't see it obviously, but I have like a a scar, a scar on my bicep. I had to get 13 staples during the building process. So something a lot of people don't know is my brothers and I built the brewery. Okay. Wow. So we went in every day. Like, um, uh, there are some parts I didn't take part in, but a lot of it, I was in their building with them. Like we literally built the bar, put the brew house together, wow. assembled all the electrical, assembled the, the gas, the plumbing for the brew house side. So I cut my bicep one day with my brothers. We were cutting flexible gas line, it had crimped with the pipe cutters, and instead of just finishing the cut or getting the right tool, impatiently, I pulled the metal gas line apart, and when I did, I razored my bicep. Oh, my God. So I right away throw the gas line down. I grab my arm. My brother standing right by me. is like, what just happened? I'm like, grab the first aid kit, meet me in the bathroom. Um, and then we go in there. Then I had to go get 13 staples. So I have this scar and this reminder Again, it goes kind of back to what we said. That's a very physical example yeah. of being set back. Uh, but the idea was, you know, these are the things you're doing every day to get in and deal with building this brewery and getting to the point where I can pull the tap and beer comes out and somebody gives me money for that beer, which is ultimately what you want. Yeah. And, and you know how important that moment is because that's what makes your business survive, right? Like, you know, imagine you already have this background because we've done this and you've been in this industry, but you're trying to take – not just a team, but now you're trying to build out all these other parts that we weren't responsible before or, uh, you know, to do. And so you're building out, you're dealing with HR, you're dealing with payroll, you're dealing with benefits, you're dealing with 
generating lead flow for your team, all these things. And everyone's like, wow, it must be cool to, to run next door lending. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, life's a bitch, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and so the same thing with the brewery, you know, it was, we get done with this. Uh, we get done with building the brew house. We want to order a hundred kegs for the brew house. Well, there's a stainless steel shortage. And so it's going to take six months to get you kegs. So now where do we put our beer for six months? And so every day there's this new set of problems. And I just think to your original question, what do you do to, 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 you have to embrace that stuff. You have to understand that these things are going to happen. You're going to have to deal with them. You're going to have to take this energy. And this is where the zoom in, zoom out happens. Maybe you got to zoom out that day and say, you know, these things are happening. This is really tough right now. But if I look down the road, if I look at the mountain, I won't trip over this molehill. I'll zoom back in. We'll get past this molehill. And then we can start, continue to move towards the mountain. Right? That, that is so beautiful. And, and it's the reason I love it so much is you're literally explaining, you said it, you said it best. You know, people walk in for you to get that beer, right? For, for you to tap that keg of and for them to, to pour it for them. They come in and they're like, wow, this is so great. What they don't know is for them to get that beer. Uh, My man's got 13 staples. He's got a whole journey. Right. He's, got, he's got all this money that he's been dished out. Finally, finally, after months, yep. months of making it work and paying all these bills, you finally get paid. And that person at the other end has no idea of that journey, but they're not supposed to know because it's about the experience and doing stuff that you love to help unite people, which is what you were talking about. Yeah, you said it. That that part is for you, and that's the thing I think you have to remember, too, is the journey piece is, is specific to you. So no one will ever fully understand the pain, even if they've gone through a similar journey. The journey is for you. That portion of it is set aside for you to learn whatever lesson it is that you have to learn. And you have to embrace that. I, I'm a, uh, we'll use a, a more real life analogy Star Wars, obviously. Yeah. There's a scene in Star Wars where Yoda is about to send young Luke down this cave to go face his fears. And the fears are for him. The things in the cave might not make other people scared, but it's specifically for him. And I look at the journey and the process you talked about very much that way. You know, sometimes when you're going through something, you want to you want to share it with someone. You want to get someone involved. You want to go to your mentors and say, um, how would you deal with this? But really what it is, is this that journey and that part of the process is for you to learn your lesson. So I love that, man. Thank you for sharing that. That, that speaks volumes to me. You can see me smiling, obviously. Yeah, it's sure. exciting. Uh, so one of the things I want to th talk about is empathy with you for a second. And I got a story to tell you guys about about empathy. OK. Now, this story involves a tennis ball, uh, so I think you know where, where I'm headed Incredible. with this. So um, many years back when I was sitting next to Kyle, we were building our relationship. And one of these days, you know, he has this, this, this tennis ball, and he's playing around with this tennis ball, and he's throwing it around at people, you know, just having some fun, just doing our thing. Well, he lets this thing go one time at me, and let's just say it, it hit me in the area that's not so pleasant to be hidden as a man. And I was devastated. It hurt so bad. I was on the phones. But here, here's the thing. And I know he's laughing now. But here's the thing that I'll always remember. And this is why I'm saying the word empathy to you. Yeah. Even though it was funny, looking back, I'll never forget how bad you felt for doing <laughs> it. I really won't. Yeah. Because you sure. came running sure. over and you checked up on me for like a week straight. Every day I walked in, he'd say, hey, man, again, are you okay? Are you good? And it, it was just a reminder about your empathy. And, and like, that's the silver lining, right, looking back. Because well, obviously it wasn't pleasant for me funny for you but at the end of the day you still felt terrible about the situation yes but talk to me a bit about empathy sure. and you being able to apply that to your business and your personal life even yeah um one man what a what a you know what a funny thing to have happen where 
and obviously as you're bouncing the tennis ball, throwing a tennis ball, your intention's just to have some fun, distract people. You're probably channeling some of that energy we talked about mm-hmm. where I'm, we're impatient, I'm waiting for a call, and I'm like, I'm going to bounce this tennis ball at John. Of course, what a, I must have... What a sharpshooter I must have yeah. been to hit such a small target, you know. But regardless of that, uh, obviously I felt horrible after the fact um, because, one, I knew you were in the, the moment of concentration on a sales call, and that's what bothered me most is, you know, something that normally you might have just turned and brushed to the side while you were focusing. It really broke your focus, so that was what upset me the most. Mm-hmm. I knew you'd be okay. Uh, physically, I just was like, man, that was a, I, I respected you enough to know you're also working your craft at that time. So I didn't yeah. want to break your concentration there. That's what upset me the most. The empathy piece as a leader, as a person is extremely important. Uh, it goes back to the individual journey and the things that happen to you that we talked about. I think you have to understand that in order to get someone where you want to get them, you have to know where that person has been. And that's extremely important because otherwise you're not going to be able to re- relate to them or guide them or even deal with, you know, maybe they're not trying to take in the lesson that you have taught them that day because of what's going on to them. So it's funny, we, we have this, and I know you have it in the, the banking world, but we have it at the, the brewery. I'll, I'll do one-on-ones with my team. I think my team's taken back by this. I don't think a, a bar staff is used to having one-on-ones. Absolutely not. Being talked to about their goals and what they want to accomplish. And I just uh, remember talking with one of my bartenders about um, life, and I just also told her, the compliment I gave her was how much I appreciated her because every day she came in, she smiled. The, the customers could see this. The customers were very complimentary of what she was doing, and I always thought that was the best thing because I know things were going on at home for her that could have distracted her. But when she came in, she was able to plug in, wipe that away. So, But she said the reason she was able to do that is because she knew I understood what was going on at home too. So you know, we can't shortchange the importance of recognizing what's going on in people's lives and how we used to give an award on our team, John. I don't know if you remember for – it wasn't – obviously top production is important, but yeah. I used to give like a – what I would call like the comeback banker of the month because I always thought it was so important for that person that – you know, there was always that banker that that last week – was working harder than anybody just to hit their number, just to hit goal. And you kind of lose sight of that because maybe like everybody had a great month, but that one banker was on vacation or they had a bad start to the month or whatever it was. But that last week, man, you could see they're locked in. They're coming in early. They're leaving late. They're coming to you for, can you help me resell this? We got to get this back on board. And you just, you recognize that person's, wow, they're really grinding, but not to like lead the team in production. It's just to hit goal. And so that's where the empathy piece comes in. You have to be able to recognize what people are going through to see how hard they're working to understand the magnitude of that accomplishment, right? You know, And you know what's crazy? It's taking the time to do that. It's taking the time sure. out of your day as a business owner where you're going out of your way to sure. actually find out what's going on because it's not easy, right? It's not easy, especially when you talk about your journey and what yeah. you went through. Yeah. And then you have somebody come in, right? And you have to care. Sometimes you care more than they care, yeah. right? Which which makes it so difficult uh, when you're in a situation like that because you want to give so much and then you realize sometimes you just, it's so difficult. Like you have to care as much as the other person does. That's the curse of being a leader. Uh, the burden of being a leader is that you're always going to care the most. So I'm the owner of the brewery. Uh, no one will ever care more about the brewery than me. No one, because it's mine. But you're trying to empathize with the people on your team, and then you can help them care as close as possible to the level that you're at, right? I think that's the thing. So I do too, man. And, and you know, 
I want to pivot a little bit into to the support system. Sure. Uh, talk a bit about your wife. Talk a bit about that that yeah. journey and having her support you sure. and going through all that. Your brother just supporting you, everybody like that. Yeah. What is that like for them? What is that toll on that human being? And and what's that communication like? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there where maybe they don't know how to communicate that to their significant other or their spouse. Sure. And so they want to live their dream and they think their spouse is bringing them down, not able to live their dream when really it's just they don't know how to communicate it properly to their spouse on what they want to accomplish. Yeah, I'm extremely lucky. I, I, my wife, Stephanie, who you know, um, is also a very talented banker. Mm -hmm. Um, she's, she's a problem solver. Yeah. She, she's, you know, I'm lucky that I, I have her for, I probably would not, in fact, there's no probably, I wouldn't be accomplishing what I wanted to accomplish without her. So she compliments me, uh, much in the way we talked about before this started, you know, she is positive. She's driven. Uh, she's a, she coaches women's hockey 19 and under. She works with uh, young women every day, teaching them how to be uh, better humans, better professionals. I'm super proud of her. But most importantly, you know, she is the one that, that pushed me at the end. When I made that decision, you know, it was very tough for me to leave leadership at, at Rocket. I was doing well, and um, could, I'm imagining I was on the – I probably left on the upswing. I was yeah. probably on, trending up. But I also knew that for me to truly be happy, I was not going to stay on this path. And so when I started to talk to her about this, I said, you know, it wasn't about the success you were having in the position. It was about what will make you happy long term. So that was where I said to her, you know, I'm going to I'm going to leave and we're going to start this transition. And her condition to me, her thing was, if this is so important to you, then go start it. And but you're not going to you're going to finish it. You're not going to like half start it. You're going to leave and you're going to go do it. And so when she gave me that vote of confidence, no brainer. I mean, my brothers are a huge part of the support system, too. But there are someone that uh, they kind of knew this was going to happen. The biggest risk was going to be put on Stephanie and I. Um, and, and But she's been, you know, the whole step of the way. She understands. She also will, uh, anytime I'm out of line, she calls me on my bullshit. You know, she will not let me get lazy. So that's the importance of having someone that you can go to that could be your mentor, your friend. You know, it's hard to be honest with people. So you, hard. Right? It's hard to break somebody's heart and say, you're not trying as hard as I think you can. Or this is good, but it's not good enough. Those are hard pieces of feedback to give, almost harder than it is when somebody makes an obvious mistake because you're, you're understanding what they did is decent, but they can improve upon it. And that's where if you don't know how to take feedback to, right, it can be tough. So having that support system is important because these people will be honest with you. They won't just tell you the beer is good. They're going to say, this is okay. And you're going to say, okay, cool. I can go back to the lab and we can make a better beer, right? That's that's so powerful about that honesty factor. And even in business, you know, whether you're going in business with your family or, or not, it doesn't matter. What you, your business partners that you're with, uh, your significant others, your spouses, if you don't have a level of honesty, how can you get the truth? Yeah. Right? How can you actually get the truth about how somebody feels? And here's the part that sucks, right? And the part that I think people take so personal all the time the feedback. Yeah. They take it to heart yeah. so badly. We're, we're short on time here. we got a little couple minutes sure. left, but I do want to ask you a question about the feedback. Yeah. How have you taken that feedback over the years? Uh, it, I, I look at it like this. is I don't believe anyone's intention is truly, truly bad. There's some people out there that are bad, but at the heart of things, I don't think anyone really – I don't think I'm so special people get up and go, I'm going to screw up Kyle Girada's day. I'm going to screw Kyle's day. I'm going to really mess him up. I'm going to say his beer sucks. I think most of the time – uh, people are giving you feedback because it comes from a good place. They want to see you succeed and improve. Now, timing of feedback is extremely yes. – that's 
Step two is when you tell someone, you know, when I tell Stephanie I'm going to open the brewery was a timed decision. <laughs> um, but but my point there is obviously this, this all relates in everything we've talked about. If you have empathy for a person, you understand what they're going through. So you understand when to deliver the feedback, how to deliver the feedback so they can best receive the feedback. On the flip side of that, people that want to improve will look past anything that is perceived as negative and take the good from it. One of the pieces of advice I gave to my youngest brother, who is our head brewer, the position he was in, he didn't love at the time. Um, Not because it was bad people, just because of the way things were being run. And I told him, I said, you have an opportunity to learn still. You can learn how not, you're going to be in charge of a lot when we start the brewery. It's going to put a lot on your plate. Look around right now and see the things that are going on and and understand, catalog them. This is not what I want to have happen when I have my brew house. And guess what? You'll be able to change them. And I, I think, you know, he could have took that a couple ways. Credit him. He, he did it. Our brew house has run top notch since we've opened. We've only been opening almost a year and a half. And he's done a wonderful job. The, the feedback we get on the beers, all from being open to taking that little piece of feedback. So to your point, um, you just really have to understand. And you have to know you have people around you that will give you honest feedback, right? 100%, man. Um, listen, thank you very, very much. Sure. Uh, I do want to touch base a little bit about your beers. Yeah. Now, I know it's 6.43 in the morning right now. Oh, however, yes. however, this is a special occasion yeah. uh, having you here. Yeah. So I'd like you to talk about these. I'd like you to pick one. I'd love to try it with you if that's okay, if I have your permission to do so. Oh, gosh, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be an honor. So we're going to open the Barrel Age Stout this morning. We took a, uh, a dark beer. It's like a 13% beer. Wow. Uh, we aged it in bourbon barrels for about a year. I love whiskey as well and bourbon. Um, so you're going to get like a really nice, like dark chocolate, a little bit of coffee. Um, some, it's super flavorful and you'll get a little bit of booze from that barrel it was in too. Uh, it's a great, if we wanted to survive outside, uh, in the 30 degree weather without jackets on, this beer would do it for us. So So what's the process like for how long does this take? Uh, the brewing, the actual beer is a a day long process. It's awesome. It's very hands-on. It's, it's very much like baking or cooking, which I enjoy as a hobby as well. So you get to do that. Then you let the beer finish fermenting. Then you have to put the uh, beer in bourbon barrels. Then you have to wait. Then you have to take the beer out of the bourbon barrels and taste it. Make sure it's the way you want it. Then you put it on carbonation. Then you serve it to people. So, so now it's like a candy shop for you. You're you're making whatever you want to make at this point, right? Yeah, we're having a good time. <laughs> we're having a good time with that's, it. That's that's amazing. So listen, while you and I try this, and, and listen, I can only have a sip. I got a long day ahead of me. Same. I promise, just a sip. All right. Same. Same. Um, now I do have a question I ask everybody here. Yeah. All right. My last question to you is this: eighteen-year-old Kyle, yeah, nineteen-year-old Kyle, twenty, twenty-one-year-old Kyle. If you can go and tell him something. Just one or two things that you've learned over your journey the last 20-plus years since sure. that time frame. What would you go back and tell them? And before you answer that question, I'd like to cheers. Yeah, cheers, buddy. Thank you for coming on here. Oh, yeah. That's drinking. Beer. That's fantastic. You like that? Pretty that's good, huh? fantastic. Yeah. You taste the bourbon, too, huh? That's really good, man. Cheers. Cheers. I'm glad Thank you Thank like you. That is really good. Yeah, Cheers. Uh, 18-year-old Kyle, you know, as a, as a 43-year-old man, uh, I feel like uh, if I'm reflecting some days, I have to be careful. I do feel like I wasted opportunities or I ran away from them early in life because I was scared of that challenge or, or scared to be changed. Uh, I would tell younger me to take all the opportunities to fail but to finish. To finish is important, right? So it's okay to fail, but you have to finish what you started. I think my dad tried to teach me this lesson early. 
He wouldn't let me. If I signed up for soccer and I didn't like the way the team was going, he would not let me quit. If I signed up for T-ball and the team was bad, he's like, absolutely not. You're going to finish this. Uh, I would say the same thing to 18-year-old Kyle, right? You just have to take the opportunity and finish it and learn what you're supposed to learn from it. I I love that, man. Um, fail, or if you do, fail until you finish. Mm-hmm. It is such a powerful saying. And I just want to thank you again for coming on. And for those of you that are listening, listen to me, please. Please, please, please carefully. I ask this question every time for a reason. You know, I've been, I've been talking to a lot of people. I've been reading a lot of psychology books. And they say the two biggest emotions that you really run off of in life are fear and love. You're either very afraid to do something, afraid to get in front of something, or if you love it so much, you're very passionate about it, which is why you see people doing what they love a lot of times, right? They're the most successful people because they're running towards what they love. So that's the message that I got for you guys here today. So please, if you're in the area, please go check them out. Dog and Pony Show Brewing, unbelievable beer. Cheers. Even better human beings behind the scenes running it. I promise you, you'll have nothing but good times and good vibes. For those of you that tuned in, I appreciate you. This is the Early Birds Podcast. Thank you, Kyle, for jumping on. Thanks, John. Of course.